Hello and welcome to Harold Hay. It's Corey Vaughn with Adam Samaha. And today we're talking about Quantity Time, written by Steve Vixton and directed by Steve Saki. Uh, it's a season two episode uh, that is a great Helga and Bob-centric episode. And we loved it. It was fantastic. One of the best ones we've done in a while. It's true. Um, it's very fun. Uh, this is a humor episode, but it also has some drama too. Quite quite a lot of depth. Um, we talk... Um, uh, we talk about quantity versus quality. Uh, we talk about um, the characters of Bob and Helga and how um, they are mirror reflections of each other. Uh, look, you're just, look, we're not going to go into the meat right now. This is the intro. It is. We talk about identity, too, especially the it's two true. characters. Ooh. To find out more, you're going to have to keep on listening. You are. And listen all the way through because in our typical fashion uh we don't really have great we talk about a lot of great things towards the end of the episode is what i'm saying right right right. it takes us a while to get our uh, bearings um yeah thanks for listening um please go on to uh, itunes and rate and review us uh just because it helps it helps people see um what we're doing and when you're talking to like regular people in the regular world, mention the podcast in the analog world. In the analog world, tell them to listen to us. Tell them to comment on like and like, like and listen. All those yeah. things. Email us. Uh, yeah, hey dot Harold, hey dot hey at gmail dot com is our email. Um, you have a website us, too. Don't check it. I haven't updated it uh, in a while. Uh, <laughs> so Corey will update. I'll it. update it. Um, and it look, it is Christmas here uh, on Monday. But we're still doing this podcast because um, we care because we care. Uh, so maybe there'll be some Christmas music at the end of the episode. I don't know. You're going to have to wait to find out or zoom that buffer thing all the way to the back and hear it right now. And if you want to uh, sign up for our Patreon as our Christmas gift to us, that would be great. Yeah, because we're sick of the stragglers that that's, are just hanging on. That's all I want for Christmas. for the content they're listening to. We got to keep the lights on in here, people. Yeah, the lights on in my sister's studio, which we... <laughs> Which she has graciously let us use for little to no money. Literally took the uh, words out of my mouth. Yep. Thanks, Aaron. Aaron Vaughn illustration. Look her up. She's great. Uh, Maybe give her money. Yeah, actually, that would be that would be even not better. It would be equally. If as you want to pay for something, pay for what she makes because it's worth paying for. Exactly. Because <laughs> yeah. she doesn't. There's literally no other option either. If yeah. you want it, you have to pay for it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know. I think our business model's fucked up. Wow, already. You didn't even start the episode. <laughs> the intro. Two F words, one in the intro. Oh. Very good. Uh, what I like about you, Adam, is when you say the F word, you don't sound like... Uh, I don't hide it. When I when I try to drop a curse, especially the F word, I sound like Taylor Swift trying to curse. Like, it doesn't really sound right. It sounds like a little embarrassing. Like, ooh, okay. Um, I guess Taylor Swift cusses now. Uh, it's part of her new, her new thing. Her new her bad edgy, girl. Yeah, yeah exactly. I just shit. don't... Uh, there's an episode, or not episode, did you see iRobot with Will Smith? Yeah, great film. Does the dog die in that movie? Wrong movie, that's I Am Legend. Oh, that's super sad. That's a really good movie. Yeah. Shia LaBeouf, Shia LaBeouf, Shia LaBeouf is in iRobot, and this is like a long time ago, but he like ha- like cusses up a storm, and Will Smith is like, stop, you're embarrassing yourself. And that's how I feel every day. Um, and so every day I look into a mirror and I just curse. Uh, just to like practice. You what? Know? Yeah, what? maybe if you stop practicing, <laughs> it'll feel more natural. Hello, this... Food tastes like shit. Because <laughs> uh, like when you're gonna ask out a girl, you always want to like repeat your like your 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 come on line Ruth, over and over again. Ruth, yeah. That's a deep cut for you, Harold fans. And enjoy this episode where we talk about quantity time. Ah. 
Quantity Time is a Helga and Bob Pataki-centric episode. Uh, Helga and Bob are both on some unnamed week-long vacation. When Miriam finds out, she panics and and goes to visit her mom, leaving Bob and Helga alone uh, to fend for themselves together. Um, Helga looks ahead, though, uh, excited to go to see her favorite wrestlers at a WrestleMania type event. And Bob has a long list of, uh, of errands to run. Uh, it doesn't prove to be so easy. They don't get along great. And even though Miriam asked them to spend some quality time together, uh, they're having some trouble doing that. They have trouble getting food in the house. Helga eats cereal for dinner. Uh, they get in an argument at the grocery store over pork rinds and strawberries, which she's allergic to, which she's allergic to. And Bob doesn't know. Uh, and when Bob, the, the kind of climax argument comes when Bob, uh, attempts to spend the day with Helga, which is really just him taking Helga on several, uh, uh, several errands like buying belt buckles, getting a haircut, uh, and going to the, going to get socket wrenches, which Helga refuses to do. Uh, Bob ends up taking her to a pony ride, which is not something she wants. Uh, and when Arnold and Grandpa happen to see her on a horse, she falls off into the mud and storms home. And Bob is confused. He doesn't understand. You know, he he's spent the time with her. Isn't that enough? Uh, and Helga just says, go away and holes up in her room, calls Phoebe, who she's been bossing around to get these wrestling tickets. Uh, but Phoebe didn't get him. So Helga has had the worst week and Bob, who has overheard Helga sad about not getting the tickets, um, decides, uh, after some deep soul searching, looking at family photos, thinking about how miserable Helga is, decides to do something about it. So when he sneaks into Helga's room, he sees the wrong side of the magazine clipping for this wrestling competition. And the next morning surprises Helga with tickets. He drives her to uh, not to the wrestle competition, wrestling competition, but to Rats, a musical about rats. Uh, here's a hint. It's named after the musical Cats. Oh. Yeah, it's okay. If you're for the less uh, cultured folks in right. the audience. Um. But Helga sees uh, the care that Bob put in getting these tickets, pulling favors, spending all morning finding them. And she receives them openly and graciously. And they both at first are stunned at how horrible the musical is. And then they just laugh and laugh. And that's the end of the episode. This is a very funny episode. I really like it. Um, this is one of my favorites. I, basically anytime Bob or Miriam, uh, have a prominent role, uh, 
the writing is maybe it's just easier for them because they're adults, but it's, it's such a funny, Oh, I don't know how to, I, I, I don't want to just be a, be a podcaster that says it was so great. It was so great, but that's what it was. This is a great episode. It's funny. Good writing. Um, and, uh, yeah. Uh, mm, I don't know where to start. Uh, well, what did you think, Adam? I really liked the episode. Um, <laughs> I, I share your feeling that it's great. Okay, cool. Good, good. Um, yeah, I think it's, uh, it's actually, so it's well-written. Like you said, I think that it is comedic. Um, it's touching in a way. Right. But I think it also does something really good at unpacking Helga and her father, obviously. Oh yeah. Uh, but I think it also shows you like sort of, another like it's another like layer of who she is and why she is the way that she is Mm -hmm. because it both you see that she's sort of like um a result of obviously uh, coming from her father uh, but also and like having some of his traits but like also having that part of her mixed in with like sort of her uh the neglect of her from her parents too right right so she's like a mashup obviously of her mother and a father which is what most kids are but then like there's like the sort of environmental element of it which is the right. household environment which is like sort of there's a lot of neglect so yeah. um it's like she wants to be left alone because that's all she knows and so uh, having um c- c- because like every response she has to bob is uh, leave me alone. <laughs> Go away. Yeah. Well, that's what um, she's used to. Like, is she, what yeah, saying. that's what she's used to. Yeah. Um, and this episode is about that wall being forcefully taken down because Miriam is no longer there to kind of be the third wheel. Like, like with three people, no one can pair off. Yeah. Um, and when she leaves, she forces them to be together. Totally. And it's, you have two very uncompromising people and characters that oh, are most forced, stubborn characters. Totally. And they're forced to compromise right. in a variety of ways. And like how Helga sort of has to compromise with like, she could have thrown a temper tantrum when her dad got all the wrong tickets, but like she understood like what the depth of what he did right, and understood right. that it's more about process and it's more about the quality, right. not quantity. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, so I think it shows that kind of cuts against like a common critique you could have or like right. uh, kind of on the nose critique you could have about Helga. Um, so I think, yeah, it just adds to the like already d- the depth that she already has. Yeah, let's jump into a scene and then talk about it. Um, the scene is uh, Helga and Bob are driving. Uh, yeah, so let's let's listen to it. Lots any time, just you and me. We're racking up the hours. I got my hair cut, got the belts. What's next on the list? Socket wrenches. Hardware store, here we come! I'm not going to the hardware store, Dad. And I'm not doing any more of your inane errands with you. You think that spending quantity time with someone means you're doing stuff that you want to do. Why don't you just pull over here and drop me off? Oh, and if anyone asks, we bonded. And it was great. Oh, put a lid on it, Helga. I know what you need. You need some fresh air. That always calms you down. So Helga's critique of Bob's view of what he calls quantity time, uh, she's going to eventually have to follow that logic to its end, which is uh, uh, being gracious and receiving. Um, But in this moment, she's actually making an astute comment of uh, Bob's 
problem, which is for Bob, um, spending time with Helga is, uh, more of a checklist. Um, and, um, you know, he, I, I think he probably views this day as like, Oh, killing two birds with one stone. I'm going to get all my errands run and also spend time with Helga, which is one of the errands I have to do. And I don't know if, I don't think Helga realizes how right she is until the end when she has to graciously accept the rats musical tickets. But at this moment, she's saying it's not about um, quantity. Isn't well, I don't know if she sees the humor in him calling it quantity time. It's very funny for Miriam to say, spend some quality time together, which we've all heard from, you know, one parent saying to another parent, like, I know I've heard that from my, it's almost like a joke. It's like such a common American phrase, like spending quality time with my son. Like it's, it's so obvious what it means that the humor is that Bob, this like American macho man doesn't even understand that he's getting it wrong. And I don't know if Helga does either, but I think she sees that um, the thing that Miriam is asking them to do is not check a bunch of boxes. It's to get to know each other. And Helga says two or three times in this episode, you don't even know me, which is so heartbreaking and sad. Uh, and and that humor has already been expl- explored in this show when, you know, by Bob calling Helga Olga all the time. That's a that's a practical um exploration of him not knowing who his daughter is because he just literally doesn't know which one is which. Um, but this episode kind of unpacks that depth. Like, oh, uh, dad, why did you take me to the ponies? I'm nine, not five. Um, like, dad, uh, I don't, but strawberries kill me and I don't eat pork rinds. Um, yeah, so I, I think I think that this little scene is Helga very explicitly saying, this is why you don't know me, and this is why what you're trying to do is never going to work. Yeah, there's this scene, <clears throat> this to build on what you're saying, there's this quote that I really like that he's, I mean, this is obvious, isn't a direct quote, I don't remember exactly what he said, but it's along the lines of, like, this quantity time thing is really great, we're really racking up the hours, yeah, is the that's thing that it. he says, yep, yep. which is, like, kind of like it, it's a beautiful, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like a beautiful summary of, like, his perspective on the entire thing, right. which is, like, the accumulation of things. Yes. Just for the sheer accumulation of them. Or like, the, like you're saying, the checking in the box is just to get things done. Um, and I think that extends, like you're saying, also to like the personal realm where earlier in the episode, I believe they're in the uh, market together. Yeah. And he's like, what do I need to know about you? Like, you're a kid. And like, yeah. there's nothing to know. Uh, and, and it's like that idea of well, like oversimplified. Taking, definitely. Yes. Taking someone's identity, yeah. putting it in a box and then pushing it away and thinking like, I already know what that thing is because I've assigned it a certain role. Yes. Yes. Which is very similar to how you do a thing where you like you create a checklist and you get things done. You have to like hyper simplify everything. Yeah. Like um, in order to allow it to like work in sort of that form. Yeah. Um, and he does that throughout the episode, like oversimplifies um, what the thing is he needs to do. So yes, quantity time, racking up the hours, your kid, what's there to know, but even him shopping like, Oh, so none of this is cooked, huh? And Helga's like, no mom cooks. And, and he goes, wow, shopping's easy because it's like, he's just literally throwing <laughs> things into a basket. Yeah. Like, like he's just, a, yeah. yeah, it takes money. Technically you're right. It is easy, but like to well, actually make a meal, that's the, that's well, the next step and, of like, 
And it, he may not even be able to create a meal based off what he, he has yeah. picked. He's getting like pork rinds and lima beans and, and strawberries. Like various forms of other meats. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like that none of this would actually make a meal. Like, yes, you could throw that stuff on your kitchen table yeah. and you have yeah. literal items in front of yeah. you to choose. Yeah. But you couldn't necessarily create a meal anyone would want to enjoy or he would even want to enjoy it. It's like he doesn't understand the nuance of what he's doing that it takes to create like raw things to make a whole meal. Right. Yeah. That there's like many parts working yeah. to create yeah, this yeah. whole. And that's how people are basically as well. They're like an accumulation of random things or right, things right, right, that right. are curated in a way and it makes a greater whole. But he doesn't see it as that. So that this episode, I think why like I get excited about episodes like this is because they're doing three things right, which is uh, um, it's it's funny writing, like good lines, um, good visuals, like c- kind of the more um, – uh, the, the bread and butter of the episode, which is like, how does it look and how does it sound? And it's like, great, right? Second, it's a it's a plot that that gets gets to the end in a really lovely way. Um, it's not, it doesn't feel like sometimes, even some good episodes feel cobbled together, like just a bunch of like lines kind of cobbled together. This one, it really feels like it's building up to something. And then the third is it works on multiple la- layers. So the layer we said of like just funny lines. Yeah, that's there. And also really great character development and really great. Um, it, the episode works in a lot of ways. And I just think, yeah, I think this is one of the stronger episodes that we've seen in a while. Um, Especially stronger than the last one that we saw. Yeah. Which was fu- like fine. Had some funny lines, but it, that one felt cobbled together. That was a good example of what you're just talking with about. With a very st- and the plot was very stretched out to really only hit kind of three beats in the yeah. in the um the, the beats being uh grandpa rediscovering his past, grandpa training, and then grandpa overcoming his past. Yeah, that's really like confrontation. It. Yeah, there's totally. like no there was nothing no, really beyond that. Yeah, and and that one layer was fine, but I just think this episode has so many other layers. I mean, you get bits and pieces of Helga's um, home life, so um. When Helga storms upstairs after like her final straw falling in the mud, um, two things happen. One is a great visual moment, and the next is a look into kind of their home life. Uh, the first is <clears throat> uh, Bob says, uh, like, what, are you never going to talk to me ever again? And Helga doesn't say anything. She takes her finger and touches her nose, which only the adults get. The kids are like, what the hell is she doing? But as an adult, you're like, oh, she's saying on the nose. You got yeah, it, bud. Like, right. Yeah. Like, you, got, you said it. I'm not going to even talk to you. Um, and that's just fu- like funny and like powerful, even though it's like almost passing. But then she keeps storming upstairs and Bob says, don't pull a Miriam on me, which is funny from like a Trumpian sense, right? Like, yeah. he's just this macho man who just like compares his wife to like horrible things. Right. It's, it's, there's not like a love for Miriam in that phrase. It's, it's, it's shame and anger towards her, but it also is showing that confrontation in the house doesn't go well because Bob is a bully and everyone else doesn't want to deal with him. Yeah. And I think it's also like, to pull on what you said, it's like Trumpian in a different way because it's like, Instead of him saying, like, when I treat Miriam this way, she doesn't like it. Therefore, I shouldn't treat others that right, way. Right. It's like, this is how I act. And now, and I can't change that. Like, so you shouldn't respond well, yeah, to it. It's like taking no ownership mm-hmm. over the way you behave. Worse than that is he's putting the blame on her. Totally. Like, you're That's what I'm saying. It's your, yes, yeah. it's your fault, it's not your mine. Problem. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It, the, the problem is the person uh-huh. receiving the message, not me, the messenger. Yeah. yeah. 
and what what you see for the first time with Bob, I mean, not the I, he you kind of see a little bit with the tree when he's trying to tear it down, but you know, you see empathy from Bob for the first time, um, in a, in a really strong way when he's looking at these images and he's seeing how miserable she looks, and he's pairing that visual of his daughter scowling in the in the photos. He's he's connecting that with the way she's been all week, and it's like it hits him like, oh, my daughter's not happy. And I can do something about that. And that's that's empathy, which he does not have the whole rest of the episode. You get a glimmer of it because he says a joke. Um, he says a thing to the barber that isn't a joke. He says, yeah, I'm spending quantity time with her because he's self-proud. And the barber laughs. And you see this like moment of like understanding where Bob realizes how dumb he really is. But then, it move, then, they, then he moves right on. And I, yeah, so to have this episode end with first empathy from him and then a receiving empathy from Helga is a nice kind of character arc for both of them. Really? Totally. Yeah. There's something to me about, um, and I think it's the idea of like taking things at face value and like the commodic commodification of things. Oh yeah. So is that like Bob's sort of emphasis on identity is really interesting too. Like he says something like how there's no food here. How am I supposed to like run a beeper emporium? Yeah. Run a beeper empire. I think he yeah, says, yeah, yeah. Yeah. With no food. Like, that sort of thing. And the way that he categorized, like I said earlier, like Helga, like as a kid and like that sort of it. And all these sort of ways of thinking. I think you, you fast forward way to the very end of the episode. You have them sort of laughing at this ridiculous play that they're watching. Yeah. But right before that, you have this sort of, it seems like tongue in cheek and like a funny scene of this like sort of bourgeois couple sitting next to them. And they're like, oh, isn't this play so fabulous? And she's like, yes, and so true. And they like start kissing. And there's like something ridiculous about that. And it's sort of like, it's an, this is not probably the intent, but what it seems like to me, it's like the sort of nod to like the very surface, shallow understanding of art that look people of that sort of class, right, sort of right, how they engage right. with art. And like a thing is like fantastic because they're engaging with it and they deem it to be so, uh, so you know, it's kind of ridiculous, yeah. but it's like Bob is doing that same thing on a, like a lesser class level, the entire episode. You know what I mean? It's like this sort of like petty, I guess not petty bourgeois, but it's like him sort of saying like, um, I am this like little tyrant of this little business right, or, right. that I've created yeah. and I'm the king of the household. Miriam, you're going to, I have a list of things for you to do for me. Yeah. He's like a little dictator. And, but it's like a read of, I am the man, you are the woman. These are the rules. Yeah. You do these things yeah. that I assign to you. Right. And my kid does whatever the hell my kid does in this yeah. little childlike world, you know, that I'm detached from. So like throughout the episode, there's this through line of like, Everybody engaging in surface level 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 interactions on various levels, you know. But um, I think that like little end scene is so beautiful because the pettiness of the whole entire thing is the thing that Helga and her dad bond over. Yeah, yes. You know, but yep. it's like in a way where they're not sort of hung up on some sort of uh, high class identity that think that where they think they have to enjoy the thing that they're watching, they can kind of look at it and go, this is fucking dumb. Yeah. You know what I mean? And laugh at it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's like that unifying thing. And then you realize they're like from the same ilk, like they're cut from the same cloth. They They have their own nuance and differences. Right. 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 But they're extremely similar, which is why they butt heads partially. Yeah. Oh, totally. And they, so they're butting heads the whole episode doing the same thing. Yeah. Which, I want to jump into even more in a second, 
but to fast forward to the end, them laughing together is like the first time that they recognize their sameness. Totally. Um, and how Helga says, Oh, finally we have something we can like make fun of together. And this whole episode is about them being their shitty selves alone. Mm -hmm. And it's actually beautiful to see their shitty selves come together at the end. Totally. Like, and, and like not even to making fun of a thing that's pompous is fine. And I'm not saying that's bad, but like, like them just like yelling at the, the people behind them saying, shh is like so rude. Like you're the ones talking. Yeah. Like, they're not doing the stereotypically proper thing, but that's not what's important. What's important is that totally. they're doing it together. Yeah, exactly. And the whole episode, there are two things that are happening. Visually, they're doing the exact same thing. So they're like eating potatoes and um, they're scarfing their food. They're down. scarfing their food. You know, the animators are doing it in the exact same way. Um, they they sit drinking water, watching the TV in the same way. They get up and yell at Miriam in the same way. Um, and even um, the way Bob bosses around Miriam is exactly the same as the way Helga bosses around Phoebe. So physically they're doing the exact same move. And then in their own mind, their own self process. And this is repeated three or four times in the episode where it'll cut to Bob's inner monologue. And it's the exact same line as Helga's inner monologue moments yeah. later. So, you know, Bob will say in, in his mind's eye, um, his inner monologue will say, great. I have to spend the whole week with the girl. And then it'll cut to Helga and she'll say, great. I have to spend the whole weekend with my dad, with my dad or whatever. And it's, it's word for word the same. So the whole episode is them mirroring each other um, and not recognizing how similar they are, but instead butting heads, totally. which makes sense when you have the same personality. Um, but yeah, it's a beautiful thing to see them. And this is just an, one of many layers. I feel like we really could talk a lot about this episode's like very rich. Um, and one of the really great layers is their, how their mirroring ends up bringing them together after much pushing and shoving some uh, something i just that was very good thank you but the, something i also realized in this episode is there's like a extreme level of entitlement in both of these characters yeah yep and and i think what made me think about that was what you said about <coughs> connecting the way that helga treats phoebe and the way that bob treats miriam because they're mm -hmm. extremely similar mm -hmm. is bob's entitlement comes a fact from the fact that he's like a very large white male. Right, right. Who is a supposed successful entrepreneur. Right. Right? So those identity things allow him to feel like he is entitled to certain things and to act a certain yeah. way. Helga also has an extreme level of entitlement. Yeah. And demands a certain level of respect. Right. But it's like, what is the source of that for her? And that is sort of interesting to me because... For a feminine character, for a female character, that level of entitlement is very interesting because it's yeah. sort of unusual in the, yeah. in, in, you know, for a female character, and and it's but it also and you could argue that it's her whiteness versus Phoebe, but I think it's more that she it's been modeled for her by Bob. It's yeah, totally. But I think and uh, what I what I think is a little better for her in her re I mean, it's it's bad to be entitled in any respect, right? Right. But I think there's something where. And I don't know if this is articulated really, but Helga's like intellect is right. the source of her entitlement. Right. Like her sheer ability to manipulate people, her yeah. poetic nature and sensibilities. And like, you can keep listing the things we've talked about. Yeah, if yeah. you listen to every episode of this yeah, podcast, yeah. all the great qualities we of her. like her a lot. Yes, we do. <laughs> and 
Um, so I think it's the, the, the culmination of all of these positive attributes that she has Mm -hmm. and her mind allows her this level of entitlement, which is sort of in a weird way empowering, Mm -hmm. but it's still problematic at the same time. And and another similar, uh, but it makes her better than her father. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and I think uh, when you have, mm, when you have a dad like that, so in some ways, in some ways her entitlement is a reflection of her dad. So it's, it's not, it, 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 it's as my dad did, I'm going to do the same. So mm-hmm. because we're so similar, it makes sense that I'm going to do the same thing. So that that's kind of the, uh, the most obvious way. The second, as you said, is her intellect um, begs her to, to hold entitlement. Yeah. yeah. But I think a similar thing to the intelligence is her entitlement is a reaction to her father. So her father to, yeah, is yeah. saying like, no, my way my way or the highway. And she's saying, no, I have a voice. I'm going to do what I want to do. She's exercising power, which is actually a very feminist mode. Now she's also stepping on, you know, she, she's, she's using her heel to stomp out Phoebe, which there are episodes for sure that will come up that will show that, um, uh, uh, conflict come up, uh, that Phoebe for sure does not feel known or welcomed by, by Helga at times. But I think if we're just talking about Helga and relationship to her father, um, her voice of entitlement is one of power and one of um, uh, one of personhood. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's like the thing that I mean, it's the, this is the way that people view societies and power structures and pol- politics and stuff. Where like there is a thing that becomes or is oppressive, and you have people fighting this oppressive thing. And then when they overthrow the oppressive thing, they totally. become the oppressor. Yeah. Yep. 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 And that's like very much what goes on in the dynamic between Bob, Helga, and, and then Phoebe. Right. Like right. it's it's that sort of that. Yeah. That same sort of uh, relationship and, and dynamic. But yeah. I think in, inherently inherent in the fact that like they're not sociopaths, Bob or Helga. Right. And I think the fact that their entitlement is rooted in something. Yeah. And that. Like, in my opinion, Helga is on a better path in a way because I think the um, the human qualities and, like, the fact that the, that entitlement is rooted in, in, a, in a sort of, uh, like, a, 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 in human qualities is better than, like, the accumulation and consumption of mm-hmm. things. So I think mm-hmm. that's what allows her to be poetic is because she's in tune with herself. Right, right. Uh, and she's introspective and... Um, all those sorts of things. Whereas Bob has the very like check things off the off the, or like the yeah acu- like a, a commodifying accumulating sort of personality, and that's sort of what he does. The the difference in so their similarity is that they both carry themselves with entitlement, with kind of brava- bravado, um, mm-hmm. and and strength and anger, right? So their posture is very similar. But what motivates them, I think, are two different things. I think for Bob, yeah, it's this check off the list kind of thing. It's this my way or the highway kind of thing. And Helga, she's romantic. She's poetic. Um, she's trying to have a voice in this place where she's not allowed to have one. So just because their personalities are so similar, it, I don't think it's rooted in the same place. Totally. Yeah. yeah. And I think we've talked about this before, and maybe this is like weird. I do think it is. It shows like... To say that Helga is just like a pure, like feminist character, is would be inaccurate. Right, right. Solely based on the way that she treats fem, uh, Phoebe. Right, right. Because the, yeah, the, the 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 impersonal way and the sort of um, uh, 
dom like the, the way that she dominates Phoebe does not like yeah like you said it doesn't sort of uh, appeal to her personhood right which right. I think that sort of thing is in in a, like an ideal sort of f- feminism or anything that has to do with like the oppression of others right right would not be acceptable well, and and I think I would hope that like the way that uh, feminists would view Helga is not and I, I don't think anyone would is not that she's a perfect feminist but yeah. that that feminism is an important conversation in the character Within the of her. Character. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and she, in, in, in a way that cartoon characters can learn, Helga learns something along yeah, the way, yeah. right? Like at least from the beginning of an episode to the end, you see her go through an arc, yeah. um, which you see in this episode. She, she not only, she receives her dad's quality kindness Mm-hmm. And by in doing so, empathizes with his dumbness, right? Totally. Um, and that is not something she would have done at the beginning of the episode. Yeah. Um, but she wouldn't have been able to do that if he hadn't stepped out first. So it's a very brave thing for that oaf to do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I think this. They've there have been rumors. There were rumors that well, not rumors, like pretty much accurate that he tried to shop around the show about the Patakis. Um, when Harold was over um, and Nickelodeon for whatever reason didn't pick it up but I, this episode is like proof like it would be so good like I want to know yeah there's there is potential in uh, that sort of narrative I want to know Bob's backstory I want to know like what his parents were like and why he's such an asshole and I want to yeah. know like where Miriam actually went that that day like mm-hmm. that week did she actually go to her mom's or did she just go like have a binge weekend with some girlfriends at a casino, like, which I could see yeah. her doing because yeah. she, like, she's a drunk. She's like, yeah. Elements of her drunkenness seep through the show. It's like the seedy underbelly is that she's yeah. like recovering from something. Um, well, it's never really said, but it seems like she has like, she's like on pills too. She has that sort of very dull sedated yeah, sort yeah. of, you know, like, yeah, it, cadence to her tone and everything. Yeah. It's not like a normal way of communicating. It's yeah. like you know what I mean. Well, yeah, and I, it's like the I se- do... sedated, like how, like, like fifties yes, housewife yes. thing. Yeah, well, she's yeah, yes, and but I do her moments that she's there. She does exercise her independence <laughs> by leaving. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah, I like. Totally, yeah. I, I mean, it, it uh, and the way she communicates to them is very sure. Yeah. Um, she says, my mother is sick. Yes. She is not feeling well. Tax like, <laughs> it, like, yeah, like she, it's like she practiced that over and over before yeah. coming down because she knew it was important for her not to be walk. Cause they were going to walk yeah. all over her. Yes. Um, the two which of them. which yeah. will happen again. Don't worry, everybody. Like we'll get to see Miriam, the sad sack of Miriam soon. But, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, this is a great episode and it's crazy. Like how many layers, like after you peel away just the good plot, yeah, because it, it is it's a good sitcom moment for the dumb oaf dad to look at the wrong side of the magazine clipping and think yeah. that Helga is clutching a poster of rats and that he knows so little about her mm-hmm. that he can't see one side says wrestle, the other side says rats, and yeah. he can't be like, hmm, my angry daughter probably wants to go see the musical about furry creatures. Well, and the fact that he doesn't even ask her. Yeah. You know yeah. I mean, it's like, it's, so it's like, it, but it, yeah, and it shows his weird confidence in himself. Yes. Yeah. Like, no, say no more. You know, I already have the tickets. Like, let's go. Yeah. It's yeah, like, yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. It like that alone is such a funny, um, it, it, it would fit in an episode of like, I mean, it's not like 
it's not like arrested development or like community level complicatedness but it it would fit in an episode of like everybody loves raymond totally and and do very well the same plot and i think that is probably why my parents like this show is that it's a little more complex than a children's show like Watching as an adult, I had a really good time. I didn't feel like this is just a waste of time. Like, no, I had like a good time processing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That I think I'm trying to think of any like other last bits. No, I think. Yeah, I think this is. Um, yeah, this is a very good episode. I yeah. think. Yeah. It's and I think what happens in an episode like this is there's sometimes and I've said this probably a million times on the show, but. There's like times where you watch it and then you go, man, I don't know what the hell I'm going to talk about. And like, there was a little bit of this, but then you realize that the amount of discussion that is allowed through like really good writing yeah, and the, the nuance and the detail in this episode yeah. is very high and it's more pronounced in this episode than a lot of the other episodes. But I think it's also the common theme of all the super good episodes of yes, the show yes. is there's so much detail right there's right. so much nuance and you realize like there's thematically a lot of interconnectedness between even the sort of disparate parts of the show or the things right, that you don't right. think that are sort of like on the periphery of the yeah. episode um yeah so i think it's really good yeah um and what's exciting is when it's a lot of episodes are actually about two or three people, but they have a bunch of other characters like popping in and out, which there's a lot of positive things about that. But what's impressive about this is there was no qualms. Like this episode was about Hoka and Bob with like a little bit from Miriam, but like Arnold's barely in it. Like they're Arnold and grandpa are only there to like move along the plot. There's not any kind of um, like we knew exactly what this episode was about. And so there's a clear goal, I think too, um, whereas, like, the last episode even, like, oh, it's it's hard because Bob and Grandpa are two of the best – have the best one-liners in um, in the show, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the difference, though, is there's a lot more at stake with Bob because yeah. Bob's a bad parent. Grandpa's a good parent. Yeah. That's the difference. And so there's not as much at stake when Grandpa says something dumb. When Bob says something dumb, there's um, many layers that you can talk about. So I do think it's a little easier to talk about the bad parents in the show than it is to talk about the good ones, even though I really do think grandpa has, has some of the best written lines mm-hmm. of the show. Um, but you can't talk about his like quote, like quotes about having diarrhea or like, yeah. which, which are funny and like laugh out loud, good writing. It's just, I, I think, yeah, I think it's easier to think more critically about um, a Bob Helga relationship. Definitely. Than about a grandpa Arnold relationship. Yeah. Yeah, and there there was like another thing that I I thought about about uh, Bob. I I just remembered um, in this episode that I think is very interesting in terms of like again like his identity, which is he talks about like his beeper empire and all these sorts of things, right? And like how he derives like so much um, legitimacy through right, that right. identity. And but what you realize it's very what they did with him and his sort of like pretty stereotypical macho behavior is that like how finite like a beeper empire actually is Mm. like it is a thing that with time will get swept away Mm. and he is thinks he's a big man but he's really in the big scheme of things a very little man right like he's capitalized on a thing that will not last that much longer yeah phones are cell phones are right around the corner yeah Yeah. so perhaps 
Bob has the ability to, you know, turn the corner with his business and like switch over doing cell phones or doing something else. And we have no yeah. way of knowing, but I think it's, there's something to be said about mm-hmm. sort of him as a character and that type of behavior yeah. and the sort of the shallowness and the emptiness of the, the rhetoric and the sort of belief structure around a character like that, because Bob is not just like a cartoon character. Like there are, the world is full of yes. Bobs yes. and most of those assholes are their identity and their legitimacy is resting on sand. Like there yes, is yes, not. And I think yeah. that's the thing I think more in a deeper way of what I'm saying about the difference between um, Helga and Bob. Right, right. Is that her legitimacy is centered around things that are like less that are, it's like firmer ground. Right. Like right. her sort of her, her centeredness in herself yes. and her intellect yep. and those sorts yep. of things are, uh, have deeper roots than mm. Bob and his like little momentary technological, yeah. you know, thing uh i'm gonna i'm gonna quote one of my favorite one of my other favorite shows 30 rock uh there's a guy that i i'm sure many of you listening to this have watched the show but one of liz's many ex-boyfriends uh is uh oh what is his name oh my gosh he's the beeper king like he's the beeper king of new york and jack donaghy liz's boss is like oh uh, was it someone someone called him out like why are you selling beepers and he goes, oh, don't worry, technology is cyclical, which is not true, uh, listener. Uh, not in that way, at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, not, like, yeah, it, no one's going to get a beeper, ironically. No. Um, maybe for like a Halloween costume. Maybe. Doctors get still use beepers. They're the only ones, really. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, and and then to jump back to Bob, uh, I guess this is just like a, like a good quote is – that he basically is trying to give his daughter advice and he just says, you can never have too many big white belts. (laughs) Like it's like teaching a kid how to fish or like throw a baseball, which are like two very important father child things. Mm -hmm. But he gives her advice on a big white belt, which, which is like maybe a thing he wore. Like this is the nineties in the eighties. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah, like, it's like the in his worst past, advice. Yeah, and he was looking for white loafers. Yeah, which like, yeah. yeah, it's like a very niche thing, and he he offers it to her. Like, no, only beeper salesmen wear that. That's but, not a. Well, and he, he there's and I don't think in this whole show probably an episode where he's wearing a big white belt. Maybe not. Eventually, not maybe not yet. Not yeah. yet. No. Not yet. No. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, he wears a giant belt buckle, and I think that's on a white, and it's pretty funny. Uh-huh. Um. But yeah, I know what you're saying yes. Yeah, it's like it's like probably a thing from his past in a way. Yeah, yeah, to- totally. And and it 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 to me a white belt and a white pair of loafers to a guy like that. When I look at that, I go, oh, that's fake fancy. Yeah, it, that's not real fancy. Yeah. Now there are people who look good in those things, and it's not fake fancy. But when when find I, me one. <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, when 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 a beeper salesman macho man who wears polo shirts and khakis says you can never have too many white. And you're not quite sure if he's fat or buff. Yeah. Like yeah, that yeah. type of, like that, type. that kind of guy um, is that's fake fancy. That's yeah. not real fancy. Um, yeah. And it's, uh, but real fancy thinks that rats is a good play. So they're all assholes. It's hard. It's hard because I don't think cats is very good. Like there's a couple good songs. Like the song you heard it here first. That was quite the hot take. Yeah. Cats, yeah, I know. I mean, I, look, I love musicals. There's a great musical episode in this show uh, eventually, um, many, many episodes down the line. Uh, but, like, 
I'm fine with them making fun of rats or cats using rats all day long. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a pretty obnoxious song. Uh, any, okay. So cry of the week where I know mine. Well, then you go first. All right. Definitely when they're in the barber shop and Bob realizes that he's dumb and that he doesn't get something like maybe, I don't know if he realizes he's dumb, but he has this look of like, why are you laughing so loud? Yeah. Like yeah. he says something that's not a joke. The barber laughs like it's a joke. And Bob's eyes like turned down, like downtrodden. And he says, uh, yeah, take a little more off the top and then shift scenes. And it's the saddest moment I've ever seen it from Bob. Like so good. Um, and I, I think for the first time he's like forced to be humbled. Yeah. He's forced off his pedestal. And, and for whatever reason, the viewer has the opportunity to see this, like the snapshot of, of his, of his reckon, reckoning. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's not a full cry, but it's definitely, it's definitely three tears. Yeah. It, 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 it my heart feels something when I see that moment for sure. I think mine will be similar to build off that same sort of thing as when they're in the car and Helga realizes they're going to see rats and not the, <laughs> um, the wrestling thing. And the look that she gives her father again yep. is kind of like, oh, that was very sweet. You're very dumb. Yeah. Like yeah. that's or like not that. OK, that's a weird. I mean, a rude read of that. But like, say, like, that's very sweet. But like, you don't know me at all. Yeah. Either way. It's fucking sad. It's sad. <laughs> so, yeah, and it cuts over to his face and he's smiling and beaming. Yeah. And, and, and both Helga and the viewer knows like he should be beaming. Like, yeah. This is a huge step for him to yeah. think for, about someone else. Totally. Even if he thought wrong, he's still like, yeah. And so you're torn between like, Oh, like you're so wrong, dude. Yeah. And also this like pride and that I think it's the, yeah, it's yeah. a, that, that's a, that was my, that, totally. I mean, both those moments are like, they're very similar. They're very similar and they're good. And I, I, I knew that you'd pick the other one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're both really good. Yeah. It, and I think it's sort of like the emotional, high or low, depending on how you view it right. of the episode are those sort of mm-hmm. moments. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and well, that's then, the meat. That's the meat. That's totally. the real, like, um, th- that's the heart of the episode. Yeah, yeah. It's like the payoff in terms of yes. besides like the very end. Yeah. Yeah. Where they're laughing together. But yeah, it's the emotional payoff. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the laughing at the end is like, it's the feel good moment. And I think if there's no like touching moment, I would have said that because totally. it's like, it feels good to have them come together. Yeah. Um, but I think those other two moments show, uh, the realness of the characters mm-hmm. in a way that isn't as easy. It's easy to have them both laugh at something dumb because their characters totally. would do that anyway. Yeah. But to have them like that, that layer of onion peel a little bit. Well, ooh. and it's like them overcoming, like Helga overcoming the stupidity of it. Yeah. And still being able to laugh together at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 Yeah. I'm just uh well done. Well done. Uh, Harold crew. It's mm-hmm. great. As in you and I. <laughs> yeah this Craig is a great episode by yeah. by episode i mean we did a great like job. us yeah. right yeah. now this one um hey so it's it's uh it's christmas uh here in uh sunny la Mirada. it's actually cold la Mirada. Uh, i mean fullerton Gosh, we're, i live in la Mirada, everybody sorry yeah. um so no this isn't a christmas episode but we thought we'd uh finish up with some funky uh christmas music um this is a like a really stripped down version of jingle bells that's just sort of jammed by um, a group of, I don't know if you've heard of these people, uh, Elvis Presley. Nope. 
Carl Perkins, mm. Jerry Lee Lewis, nah. Johnny Cash. Mm-mm. And it's it's just them like jangling around on a couple guitars, a drum and piano. And it's pretty excellent. Um, I mean, Jingle Bells is this song about bells jingling. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to go into any kind of history about this. Uh, it's just a, it's just a funky song. Um, enjoy. But uh, yeah, thanks for checking in. Um, have a Merry Christmas. But if you don't celebrate Christmas, have a great Whatever winter, you celebrate. Yeah, winter solstice, uh, Hanukkah, whatever. Festivus. For the rest of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, th- thanks again. Bye.